worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Welcome to the Steve Reeve Podcast with the best moments from the past week and a few things that didn't make it there. Wednesday. I grew up on the Jetsons, and now, as an adult, have been looking around going, hang on, we've got so many different technologies from the Jetsons just around us that kids today, kids today, will take and do take for granted. I mean, like video phone calls. Do you remember Judy Jetson being like, I'm going to just put on my face? I mean, she literally has like a makeup box that puts a new face on her in the morning. But still, then she, what does she do? Boop, presses the TV. Suddenly, she's video conferencing with somebody else. As somebody who lives with a significant other who is from a different country and FaceTimes her family across the planet on the regular, like this is a daily, daily activity. In Japan, they have now tested, and successfully I might add, a manned flying car. Sound like the Jetsons for you? I think so. I caution, I caution this one. The video conferencing, not exactly hurting anybody. I am a little bit concerned with the skill set of drivers that I experience on a daily level. I don't really want them up in the air above me with the ability to uh, to rain down from above at any given point. Got to be cautious about it. But one thing I think we need to make sure that we nail down right away, first things first, top of the priorities list, is that every single flying car should sound like a flying car from the Jetsons. There's a lot of different versions of the future that have been uh, that have been theorized, that have been put out there into pop culture. Uh, Jetsons, we actually have a lot of technology from, like I was talking about before, the voice video calling. That's just one tip of the iceberg. We don't all live on, you know, spikes uh, 700 feet up in the air, but sure. I mean, we don't really need to right now. Uh, we're good right here on the good old planet Earth. But um, I mean, what is it going to be? Is it like a Jetsons world, or I think the top one because it's just so wholesome and so uplifting. And so positive, Bill and Ted. I mean, admittedly, they do go into some negative futures, for sure. They, they theorize the possibility, but for the most part, their song that saves the world, saves the universe, saves the future. I mean, it pretty much turns everything into a, a, a beautiful, idyllic future land. But maybe that's a little bit too polished for you. Let me know. What is your future looking like? What pop culture version of the future is the one that you subscribe to the most? Rainy days get me feeling a little nostalgic and a video brought me way back to my youth just earlier this week while I was feeling a little under the weather having a sick uh, rain home day you know what I mean? It was Speaker's Corner a compilation of some celebrities that have shown up on Speaker's Corner. I have shared this compilation now up on our social media for you to check out but you remember Speaker's Corner from way back in the day um, literally was just a corner in Ontario in Toronto that you would have to pilgrimage to. I mean they did set up after a while uh, different locations around the country and stuff. Uh, Speaker's Corner was originally going until 2008 when it stopped, but uh, but the main one, the hub, was that downtown Toronto one where people would pilgrimage from across the country to go and speak their piece and and have their have their mind put into video uh, and then digitized and broadcast for the nation to see if it was good enough. And of course, when the you know bare naked ladies show up, it's good enough. This is one of the most classic clips from Speaker's Corner history. <laughs> Hi, 
We're bare naked ladies, and we're a little too cheap to make our own video. So here you go. One, two, three, go. You can be my Ocon. You can follow me wherever I go. Be my, be my, be my Yoko. Be my Yoko. This fills me with joy. It really does. Check out the full video. Uh, some amazing faces in there. I mean, there's some other musicians. Uh, you got Mike Myers showing up. Not just Mike, but Mike and his brother, too, who you never get to see. Uh, you've got uh, Mike Bullard showing up in there. There's a name you haven't thought of in a long, long time, but he would make a stop every once in a while on Speaker's Corner. A staple of, of my youth growing up. Used to always, always tune in when people were speaking their mind. And... Now it's coming back, although not quite going to be the same. Apparently, it's already back in the sense that you can already submit your video, but no, you don't go to a booth like you should. You can just set up your own smartphone camera anywhere, take a little video of yourself, and submit it. Just like you could post it to social media already. I mean, we kind of already have the ability to do this. What made Speaker's Corner special was me growing up here in Fort McMurray, landlocked Alberta, miles and miles and miles away from Ontario. I could never actually make it there, but that made it more special for me to watch. And I thought maybe one day, one day when I get to Ontario, visit Toronto, go to check out Speaker's Corner, I could be a part of that too. Of course, never did visit before it stopped, but still, that's what made it special. Not just recording a video on your phone and throwing it on the internet. We already do that daily. You're listening to the Steve Reed Podcast from 100.5 Cruise FM. Move Over Fire Festival, a documentary about the cursed event that was Woodstock 99, is coming to Netflix. The original Woodstock was an event all about peace and love and the free spirit of the flower children. When New Metal took the event over in 1999, it was an entirely different affair, complete with mud pit poop fights outside of the porta potties. Of course, then there was also the moment on the last day of the festival when Limp Biscuit was playing their their song Break Stuff and infamously encouraged the audience to literally break stuff. The rest is history that you're going to be able to watch when this documentary comes out. No word on an exact release date, though. That is your music news for this morning. The piece of history that you own. Um, now, I don't really have anything quite like that. I've got mostly like replica stuff, pop culture stuff, stuff from from moments in history that never really truly happened, but happened in my brain because I read about them or watched the movie or saw the cartoon show when I was a kid. You know, that kind of thing. So I'm very curious to know about the actual stuff that you might have in your humble abode. Uh, 780-715-CRUISE-2789. What is the piece of history that you actually own? This question brought up by the fact that there's an auction on right now online it goes until tonight that's got a piece well rather a lock of abraham lincoln's hair taken from his post-mortem investigation uh inspection and now up for auction for thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars i'll pass on that no thank you not really uh in the business of making an abe lincoln clone right now but the conversation is still getting me curious because, I mean, I was a kid that, uh, old soul, used to watch Antiques Roadshow and actually enjoy that as a child. Used to be like, oh, yeah, look at that vase. No, I don't think it's Bing Dynasty, but it's got to be worth something. And it's always a bit sad when you do hear the stories told by somebody about how this piece was passed down from generation to generation. It's a talking point that we tell every visitor into our home about. Everybody knows the story about this, and this is how the story goes. And the appraiser listens politely. And then right at the very end, they go, okay, nice story, huh? What, what do you think? Is this uh, valid? How much money is this worth? What kind of piece of treasure do I have on my hands? And then the appraiser has to go, actually, someone sold you a line. This stamp on the back means that this was a mass-produced piece and is worth about maybe $20 today and less than that when it was first created. Sorry, guys. Move along. Your antique treasure 
may not be quite so treasurable. I'm not really worried about the facts getting in the way of a good story right now. What piece of history do you uh, own? Let me know. Kevin on the line right now. Tell me, tell me the story. At uh, school bell from the town of Morris, my grandfather had to tear down the school, and he's got the handheld school bell. Oh, so like like a handheld one that you like shake. Handheld, yeah. <laughs> the ultimate noisemaker. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how old that is. I'd say at least a hundred years. Yeah. Wow, that's absolutely insane. Very rare. Oh yeah. If you were like, what? What? Guess what I have in my collection? Never would come to that. Hope it lasts uh, another century at least. <laughs> Very cool, man. Thank you so much for calling in. I mean, I don't remember any handheld school bells when I was in the, you know, in the grade school system in high school, but I do remember taking my drumsticks from music class and playing uh, the beginning to uh, Ooh What a Night by April Wine. Ding, 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 with a friend going, ding, ding, ding. The teacher's lounge just so about three to four feet away from that particular bell I would hit on the daily often had somebody reach their head out the window and go, hey, cut it out. I've learned my lesson since then. I don't automatically reach for the drumsticks as soon as I see one of those bells. But very cool story, Kevin. Keep the conversation going. What piece of history do you own? Thursday. You've got Carol Baskin of Tiger King joining Dancing with the Stars for season 29. Yeah, holy cow, 29 is what they're up to. So, first of all, Baskin just recently was uh, was awarded, I guess, was was given the keys to the Tiger King Zoo, or at least will be getting them soon at the end of the month. Um, she is going to be dancing with those keys jingling alongside some other famous folks. Uh, AJ McLean of the Backstreet Boys, the rapper Nelly, uh, Band-Aid or no Band-Aid remains to be seen, uh, the star, one of the stars, anyway, of One Day at a Time, Justin Mikado, and, uh, and a few others. Uh, very, very, very interesting. Not a ton of these seem to be celebrities, you know, stars, actually. But then again, that has been a questionable part of the title of the show for a little while. I just, another question mark over my head is, can Carol Baskin dance? I realize they get professionals to kind of coach them, and they get some training and some practice and some experience with it. But still, I don't take one look at her and think, yeah, that girl can move, I think. This is going to be an absolute train wreck, which, now that I'm considering it, might be the very reason. In fact, if you're looking for train wreck ideas for reality TV shows, why not cross another one over? Get people from Tiger King to go on a singing competition. You already know where I'm going with this. Call it Tiger Sing. Okay, that's terrible. I hate it, and I would never watch it. Wings versus so-called boneless chicken wings. And he's got some serious points. Unfortunately, uh, wasn't taken quite so seriously in the beginning. I propose that we as a city remove the... Excuse me, I'm trying to... Yeah. Excuse me. Come on. (laughs) It's all tongue-in-cheek. You know that he's just having fun with it. But he brings up some salient points of this savory conversation. I mean, one being that uh, boneless wings are usually made of breast meat, and that's not the wing at all. Um, There's other things in life that are just boneless, and you don't have to call them boneless because that's just what they are. Tacos, for instance, he says, or even automotive repair. You don't order it as boneless. It just comes without bones, ideally. It makes me question what you prefer. I mean, no matter what we're calling it, what is the better option for you? We need to, an unofficial poll this morning. Is it chicken wings, proper chicken wings, bone in, because it grows on the bone, or is it the boneless bites? What is it the one that you reach for? In the meantime, the debate rages on. I propose that we rename boneless wings in the city of Lincoln. We can call them buffalo-style chicken tenders. We can call them wet tenders. We can call them saucy nugs or trash. We can take these steps and show the country where we stand and that we understand that we've been living a lie for far too long. And we know it 
because we feel it in our bones. I see what you did there, and I appreciate it. Time for some music news. Here's a slice of what's going on. Uh, rapper Kanye West, if you hadn't heard, making an on-again, off-again bid for the presidency for the 2020 election. However, looks like he's running into some trouble in Virginia. His campaign has now faced uh, accusations of fraudulent signatures. Not exactly signatures in the vote, but those oaths needed to qualify for the present, uh, presidential ballot in the state. Not looking like things were on the up and up. More to come on that, I'm sure. Sade has announced a giant six-album vinyl collection titled So Far that remasters each of the artist's studio releases. It's a banner year for classic compilations and re-releases, and following the trend, Sade's will be available in October. Speaking of, uh, the fictional villain of the movie Mandy, starring Nicolas Cage, named Jeremiah Sand, is releasing a full album somehow. Uh, the Children of the New Dawn cult leader character is being written as discovering a lost album from 1974. The album will be out just in time for Halloween, but it remains a mystery exactly who in real life is writing or playing any of these songs. They're staying pretty mum on the subject. Hey Alexa, play the Steve Reeve podcast. I read it said that nothing has really quite been right since Area 51's raid last year. And by, by raid, I mean the handful of people who broke off from the drug-filled desert rave nearby to actually approach, and in one case, pee on the fence of Area 51 before getting bored and going back to the party. But a nonprofit called the National UFO Reporting Center is now stating that sightings are up 51% so far this year compared to 2019. In fact, 20% of the reports were from April alone, which is essentially the start of the pandemic lockdowns in North America. Very curious. Makes my eyebrow go up. I did also read in a very 2020 appropriate headline that there's evidence that our galaxy is starting to now collide with our galactic neighbor Andromeda. Maybe it's easier for the ETs to get to us at the moment. Maybe not. I'm right in between, like, Believer Mulder and Skeptic Scully on this one, so I need to know. Have you seen a UFO this year? Have you ever seen a UFO? Don't leave me hanging on this one. Don't leave that kept to yourself. Call me, 780-715-2789. I'm going to tell you the story up next uh, about my mom. Reluctantly, she tells this story whenever she's prompted about the whole neighborhood seeing one in Edmonton when she was young, uh, grade school age, just coming up. I'll tell you the tale as she tells it on the way. My mama, she's got this story that she reluctantly tells when prompted about uh, her close encounter as a child. Talking about these UFO sightings, up about 51% with reports compared to last year's numbers. Very interesting. Is it because we're bored, or is it because we've got more time to be paying attention? Hmm? Hmm? Conspiracy theories abound this year. But this is one that isn't just 2020 exclusive. We've been wondering about are we alone in the universe for quite some time, and as my mom tells it, uh, she's not quite so sure that we are. Uh, when she was a lot younger and in grade school uh, in Edmonton, she lived in a neighborhood called Pleasant View. If you're familiar, there's a big uh, uh, cemetery. Thank you very much. Brain for faulting on that one. Uh, but it's in the area near Southgate and uh, kind of a quiet, very residential area, older construction. And she says that when she was young, uh, one day it was dark out playing on the road nearby the cemetery when all of a sudden there was lights in the sky. And uh, as she went to investigate after the fact, with help from some other friends, uh, not just going it alone, uh, they not only went into the cemetery to discover that there was some charred evidence, you know what I mean? Like, there was some sort of evidence, not just of, like, a fire on the ground, but, like, actual charcoal uh, ground turned into it. Uh, as, as so she claims, in fact, she grabbed some of it 
at the time in order to bring in to show and tell because this is a crazy story and you got to tell everybody at school the next day what happened to you. The weirdest thing is that there were other kids at school who had pretty much the exact same story and the exact same artifacts coming in being like, hey, look, we found some charcoal out there. Who knows? Maybe somebody spilled a bag of charcoal briquettes for the barbecue. Maybe it was space aliens. What do you think? Friday. And now the Beastie Boys are releasing some new old music with a fresh greatest hits collection out this fall, uh, I think mid-October. Uh, just another in the long list of re-releases that we've been talking about lately. Uh, this one, titled simply Beastie Boys Music, will span the trio's career from 1986's License to Ill all the way to Hot Sauce Committee Part 2 from 2011, before we lost Adam Yock. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne has some royalties to look forward to. Two of his classic tracks have reached new certifications with the Recording Industry Association of America, namely Crazy Train, which is now officially quadruple platinum, meaning 4 million sales, and Mr. Crowley, which is now certified gold for 500,000 sales. Not bad, Ozzy, not bad at all. He's also been doing better health-wise. He's got a movie in the works about his relationship with Sharon. Things are looking decent for the Prince of Darkness. Have you made a mixtape recently? I mean, I know that, you know, there's the ability to make playlists online. That's kind of the technology level we're at. But I'm a kid from the actually dubbing songs in real time onto another cassette. If you if you had a two-tape cassette that had dubbing technology, you were set. You were king at that point. Uh, and then it moved on to burning CDs uh, and, uh, and making tapes that way, making mixtapes. Uh, what was the last mixtape? that you made for somebody is the question I want to know. Uh, now, I refer to the rules, uh, slight rules, the, the uh, basics that are listed by the main character of High Fidelity, Mr. John Cusack, letting us know how it goes. Now, the making of a good compilation tape is a very subtle art, many do's and don'ts. First of all, you're using someone else's poetry to express how you feel. This is a delicate thing. So... Uh, bonus points if you tell me what's on your mixtape, what the theme is, what the compilation's all about. But I want to know, who was the last person that you actually made a physical mixtape for? Tell me the tale. 780-715-CRUISE. Thanks for listening to the Steve Reeve Podcast from 100.5 Cruise FM. Who was the last person that you made a mixtape for is the question. Bonus points if you can remember what's on said playlist. Uh, but I'm talking about the physical medium. I'm talking about actually like you dubbed a cassette, you burned a CD, you made a, I don't know, a flash drive stick with MP3s on it. I, I guess it's as, as, as low tech as you can get with the newest technology. But, but nowadays it seems to be like sending a link. You know what I mean? Like uh, it, it just doesn't have quite the same oomph doesn't have quite the same impact and again i refer to uh, john cusack from high fidelity on exactly how you have to put together the playlist which doesn't matter what the medium is the rules are still the same in the making of a great compilation tape light breaking up is hard to do and takes ages longer than it might seem you got to kick it off with a killer to grab attention then you got to take it up a notch but you don't want to blow your wad so then you got to cool it off a notch there are a lot of rules. There are a lot of rules. But don't let that bog you down too much. Just try to remember who that special person was. Was it for a family member, maybe? A, a long-lost friend, distant relative, a lover? Who was the person you made the mixtape for? Time for another punch lineup. Here's the story. Catholic high school teacher fired after headmaster finds her OnlyFans account. Look. You know, I'm not knocking it. I, I think we all need to chill out about the human body a little bit in general. But also, if there was an only man's, I might be considering it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And honestly, I have my doubts about the facts on this story. But let's not let the facts get in the way of a good punch lineup. Here we go. 
Catholic high school teacher fired after headmaster finds her OnlyFans account. Wow. Home economics sure has changed. You used to learn how to bake a cake, not how to shake it. <sighs> headmaster swears he thought he was on HoldyHands.com. I think he might have been headmaster. Well, you get it. Uh... Catholic high school teacher fired after headmaster finds her OnlyFans account. She still has one heavenly father, but she's got a pile of sugar daddies now. Uh. Catholic high school teacher fired after headmaster finds her OnlyFans account. Her penance was six Our Fathers for the account and ten Hail Marys for making her account name Hail Mary. Uh. <laughs> Our five fathers of the school students have been particularly interested in this case. You know, for the kids. The mothers have been particularly interested in smacking the fathers upside the head. Uh. But the real joke here, though, is her teacher's income compared to how much she's probably making now. Transmission over. Want more Steve? New podcast episodes happen every Friday or just tune into the Steve Reeve Show. Weekday mornings starting at 530 a.m. on 100.5 Cruise FM.